Hey everyone, I'm Brenda. And I'm Julia. And you're listening to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Your 20s are known as both the most exciting and most confusing years of your life. We're here to share our stories, to have real and raw conversations, and best of all, to make you feel a little less alone. This podcast was brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Today, we have on with us Kurbanu. She is a musician, a voice trainer, an empowerment coach dedicated to helping you unlock your complete voice and use it with confidence, power, and impact. We're so excited. This is such a different topic for us and very timely because Brenda has lost her voice currently. You'll hear in a second. Thank you so much for being with us. We're so excited. Hey, you are so welcome. I'm like, I'm, I'm really excited to be here and I'm so grateful for the invitation. Thank you. Absolutely. So let's get into it. Karanu, tell us a little bit about you, who you are, where you're from originally, and how old you are, if you don't mind saying, since it's Roaring Twenties. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. As I get older, I'm embracing my age. I'm going to come back to that in a little moment. Ooh, yes. So I'm, I'm actually an Australian. I know I don't really sound like an Australian, but I am a blooded Australian. I'm from Adelaide, South Australia. I've been traveling around the world and living di- in different countries for the last 16 years. And I'm currently based in the south of Germany, just south of Frankfurt. Normally, I spend kind of half of the year traveling and living in different countries. Obviously, in the last year and a half, that was a little bit difficult for everybody. And I've been able to get out and I'm currently um, sitting here in beautiful Athens with the sunshine, (laughs) having a chat with you. (laughs) It's so good. I was just talking about the golden rays and the yellows and the oranges. Um, And what I do, I always find it a little bit difficult to wrap into a small little package. Um, You know, I guess I'm just someone who really followed my heart and my passion and let curiosity guide my way and let my stubbornness not take no for an answer. So I really am someone who created the, a life that I wanted to live and created a, a business that I wanted to have that would let me live my passions, help other people, and also let support me in living the life that I want to live, which is kind of one that involves a lot of travel, obviously, as I just said. I'm a professional musician, as you mentioned in the intro. I've specialized in songwriting and singing. Um, for the last 10 years, I've been touring uh, throughout Europe, also in Australasia with my music. In the last three years, I've been constantly concentrating on the yoga and wellness community. So I kind of did an about face in my music style and went from writing songwriter slash indie pop songs to creating mantra music um, and music for meditation. Um, Next to that, I am also, as you said, an empowerment coach. I do a lot of voice coaching for people, teaching them about what their voice is, the role of the voice, as a tool for personal transformation, how to use our voice in a healthy way, um, how to get our message out in the world. And in the yoga scene, I also teach on yoga teacher training programs as a voice and a mantra coach, as well as teaching philosophy. So it's a bit of a broad batch, but that's what I do essentially. So cool. Oh my goodness. Genuinely like such a different area for us to focus on. And oh, there's so many things I don't even know where to start, but I guess to start somewhere, how did you first get into this specific line of work? Obviously you do so many different things, but if you could give us like the timeline of how things kind of transcended from, you know, recognizing that you had this talent and then how you kind of channel them in all these different areas. Mm, Okay, I'm going to try and like summarize that in a kind of succinct way as best as I can. Um, So since I was a little kid, since I was four, I wanted to be a singer. This was the thing I wanted, but I did not grow up in an environment that supported that. Um, The arts was really not encouraged uh, in my family. It was kind of forbidden. You were not allowed to do this. So I was not supported in the sense to be a singer. And I also went through a relatively difficult upbringing. Although there was a lot of love, there was also a lot of trauma. Um, And so this played a big role in also me not sharing my voice and in me suppressing myself and being afraid to let my voice out in terms of my personal opinion about things, but of course, also as a singer. Um, Honestly, I have to say it was kind of like life and the universe that just really controlled my destiny. And at 19, Um, I met my first real love who I was in a serious relationship with for five years and he was an incredible musician 
Um, after one year of being with him, he heard me sing for the first time, flipped out me to singing lessons, dragged me by the ear to my first vocal coach, to my second vocal coach, actually. And she was a big influence in helping me to believe in myself and in helping me get that off of the ground. And so he and I started writing songs together. We started just like playing gigs locally. And that's kind of when I got my first experiences performing um, getting paid for it and, and singing. But, you know, the journey wasn't straight. And at the time I was actually studying science. I have a master's in science. Um, and as I was doing that, it became stronger and stronger, this feeling inside of me, I cannot do this. I'm living other people's dreams. I'm doing what everybody else tells me I have to do. I'm not being true to myself. I'm not being true to my calling. And so I kind of threw all of that overboard, which obviously disappointed my parents. Um, I think it took them 12 or 14, 13 years to recover from that one. Um, and, and then I just kind of got a guitar, taught myself how to play, started writing songs and started traveling. And I was just really working like bar jobs, writing music and traveling for a while in my mid twenties um, because I felt like I was young and I wanted to enjoy being young because I had the insight to see that I wasn't going to have that opportunity for my whole life to be like 22 and free essentially um and I just kind of did that and let life inspire me and I kept meeting people who kept bumping me in directions people would hear me um I would get sent to a, bit, a better voice coach who would help me develop myself more I got into the Berkeley College of Music in Boston for a while. I was studying a little bit there. Continued uh, studying through online universities in Australia, a Bachelor of Music. So I was just developing myself as I was moving kind of like a bumblebee through life. And I guess it was really coming to Germany that grounded me. I came to Germany when I was 27. I'm now to answer your question from before 39, just turned. And um, yeah, so I kind of grounded at that point. And at that time in my later 20s, I was like, okay, I want to, I want to make this happen now. I'm ready. And I want, I want to channel my energy now. I've, I've learned and now I can use this. So I just decided to create an album. I bought everything that I needed to make a little production studio in my apartment. I taught myself via YouTube and online lessons how to do all of this stuff. And then I hustled my ass off um, in order to get gigs. I did living room concerts for two years, like 70 concerts a year, pitched to thousands of places on an ongoing basis and just hustled and built up a following like this um, over time. And continued that releasing albums growing developing myself um, gigging touring getting a band together playing at festivals and it kind of grew, grew like this until 2017 towards the end I basically almost burnt out and I'm someone that has a lot of energy so for me to kind of get to that point it's a lot and at that point I asked myself the question what do I want the next 20 25 30 years of my life to look like and do I want it to be this energetically demanding or is there another way that I can still cultivate myself as a mission but also to be able to give to others in a way that I would feel fulfilling like in the role of a coach as a mentor and that's when I started actually life did it again and a kind of opportunities happened where I ended up gigging in the yoga scene and that sparked new ideas I got feedback from people in that scene and that kind of sparked my first online course creation and you know I've been doing yoga and meditating for 25 years so it's not something that was foreign to me it was just very private and I never shared it publicly but these are the things that basically life directed me and I listened and I was curious and I tried things out and I got feedback from the world and I kept going and to really try to wrap that up that's how I got to where I am now and yeah now I have like as I said I'm doing all these different things I also have online courses and I finally feel and honestly it's kind of until just the last year or two that everything is now coming together full circle and I can see how everything I do supports everything I do and I feel very balanced and stable which is an amazing thing coming out of my 20s and being like ah, you know <laughs> like chaos on legs um, but still following my heart and and pursuing what I felt like was what I needed to do oh my goodness thank you so much for sharing that whole journey <laughs> It's You're amazing welcome. to see like, and I love what you said about how like you were starting to realize how like everything really does affect everything that you do. And like, you couldn't have got to where you are today without that whole string of events in the past. And it's so encouraging, I think, because I think, you know, so much in our twenties, which is why we started this show of like feeling like you need to have it all together. You need to have it all figured out. And you just can't, like you absolutely just cannot because you don't even 
know what's really meant for you and you sometimes and you have to do this like whole you know journey and it's never too late like it's never too late to start pursuing the real dream so I just loved I just loved that whole journey thank you so much for sharing it you're welcome and I just want to add like I think it's like a ridiculous amount of pressure to put on a human being to tell them that they should know what the hell they want to do with the rest of their life when they're like 18 19 20 21 your brain is still developing until you're 28 30 like how you don't even know who you are and that's not bad like you need time to find that and you need to get messy and make mistakes and have experiences and live life and learn about what you're curious about and try things and put them down and try something and that's what your 20s are for yes you know that's what they're for (laughs) more of this please (laughs) yes and I love that you said something about like just enjoying being young I know it's such a simple sentence to say but I feel like especially here in the U.S. and I'm sure it's similar um yeah maybe not everywhere but anyway especially here in the U.S. there is this hustle culture and of course work ethic is important ambition is important chasing your dreams but I think we have this idea that we have to be working all of the time and if we don't find this true success or what we're meant to do in our 20s then somehow we failed so I just love that I think there's there are like stigmas on both ends of it it's either like enjoy life while you can in your 20s or you won't enjoy things in the future or like hustle hard and and then you'll you'll figure it out so I just love in general that you have such a focus on enjoying the moment and enjoying where it is now and even more so I love that you said that you let life inspire you Um, because so often as a result of all of those stigmas, I think we grip so tightly to this idea of what we think we're supposed to do and what will bring us the most maybe like financial success or something like that. And we really kind of lose pieces of ourselves or maybe don't give ourselves the opportunity to discover these beautiful pieces of ourselves that we would find otherwise. So I think that's going to be super inspiring for all the people listening. Thank you so much for summarizing that, Brenda, because I think that like, you know, when we're cooking a meal, we don't like get the ingredients from the supermarket, put them on the counter and then expect in a second that the whole thing is done. Like it needs to cook. We need to prepare the stuff. We need to like put it in the pot, cook in the flavors, like some marinade, you know, the onions, like it's a process and it takes time. And then through that process of cooking, you get to taste it and you're like, oh, I need a little bit more of this. Oh, a little bit of this. This isn't working. Let's try adding that. Like this is life, you know? And, and to, to think that we would have all of this wrapped up in our twenties. And I, and I, I recognize the the pressures that you said. I see that in the young people in Germany. Um, I also know that from myself as I was growing up. Like I said, I was super academic and really successful. I got awards at school. I got awards at university. I got the highest grade of everyone who graduated in my year. I got in the top 2% of everybody in the country with when I did my final scores. So it's like I was really academically good. And can you imagine then when I turned around and was like, well, I'm going to get a guitar and travel around the world now that my parents were like, what are you doing? (laughs) And everyone was like, oh my God, it was, it was kind of like a scandal. Um, But I just, I just think, you know, we can't, I know it's really hard. And of course we are, it's really hard and we're orienting ourselves to life and to our understanding of life based upon what we consume and based upon what is around us. But I really encourage every person listening to this, break that, break it, find the way you can break it because your perspective and the way you see the world as it is in the moment is limited. And the only way you can really expand that is to get outside of that perspective. And I think traveling is a very important part of that. Um, and, And question other things, do things that you would not normally do, obviously be safe and respect people and within a healthy range. But I think through trying different things, through through exploring opposites, we get to know ourselves differently and we get to see mm. how we respond in different situations. And otherwise, we're just becoming a model of what, every, of what society, of what family, of what everybody else tells us we should be. And this is not who we are. And it stops us from becoming who we can be. Ooh, absolutely. Yeah. And you actually mentioned this that Julia and I were talking about before that you mentioned um, like being a chameleon. And I'm really glad that you brought that up because we talk all the time about like shifting gears and pursuing something different. And I think especially for people that are very, um, you know, high achieving in school when it comes to academics, choosing to pursue an art, although a beautiful thing, especially, you know, when you have this passion and talent um, is, is incredible, but can be looked at so differently. So being that you mentioned like 
being a chameleon and kind of morphing for a long time and like shielding your voice. I feel like something that we love about this show, which Julia mentioned before, is that we kind of show people through the people that we get a chance to connect with that like we can take control of our lives now and that we can take risks and that we can analyze like, is this really what I want for myself? Um, but so often we get caught up in what other people that we love and care for or people that we're scared to be judged by will think. So for someone that's looking to like own their voice, own, the, own their power, maybe make a big move, follow a different path, all those things, but they just like don't know where to start. What piece of advice would you give them? I mean, it's a big question. And I think like... <laughs> Okay, I'm coming from a very special perspective, but I would say just jump, act, do, and see where the shit lands. Sorry. But like, honestly, procrastination is not going to get you anywhere. It's just a way of hiding. It's a way of sabotaging yourself. So if you want to try something and you're asking yourself the question, I don't know how, do it, put your head through the wall and do it in any way you think you can. That's what I did. Like, I was like, wow, I want, my goal was to live from original music, my music. And I was, I was considered late starting this, you know, I was kind of releasing my first, I, I created and released my first album when I was like 27, 28, you know, this is not like a spring chicken of 15, 16 that the media promotes. Um, and, and who cares? Like, whatever. That's what I wanted. And so it was like, I asked myself the question, how can I do this? And next to jump and take action, you know, ask yourself a question, how can I do this? Is there anybody else that you know in your sphere of influence who is doing what you wanna do? Can you talk to them? Yes, no. Can you connect with them on Instagram, for example? Yes, no. How did they get into it? You know, there are ways that we can take action, but we have to act. And that's what I did. Like, I, as I said, I, I had no idea what I was doing. Like, honestly, no one sat me down and was like, this is how you do a tour. This is how you make flyers and posters. This is how you create an album. This is how you promote your album. I had no idea. This is how you use Facebook. I didn't know. This is how you grow your Instagram channel. I had no idea. Like, <laughs> I mean, I was like a complete idiot, basically. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew I wanted it. And I, I knew that I, thank God, could act. And that was the one thing I needed to do, to act. And so this is the advice, act, like do it and then have the foresight to look back and see, okay, these actions led to this result. Is that getting me closer to or further away from what I want? Do you get new information out of that action? Yes, no. Is that maybe creating a direction that you want to go in? Yes, no. How can you take the information that you learn from that action and create your next decision? This is the advice I would give you. Yeah, wow. That's beautiful and amazing. I know, I know Brenda and I are both going through a lot of like changes in our life too right now and are needing to, you know, take the leap, jump in. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm curious, it's going to go in two directions because I do want to move into a little bit of like the more about the voice because I'm very curious sure. about it, but also, so this might be out of, out of order in a sense of in the way that we should ask the question so that gets to this question. But when it comes to like fear, when it comes to, you know, taking the leap or taking the chance, even if you know, it's like the right thing, even if you know, in your gut, it's what you want to do. But you know, we have practical fears around certain things. How have you learned to deal with maybe some of those more practical fears, whether it be from, it might not even be your own fear, but a societal fear, a fear that, like you said, maybe your parents had put on you or society had put on you. And then the caveat to that question, which is related to the voice part is like, I feel personally, whenever I get, and this is maybe a very selfish question, whenever I get scared, like I feel like my voice gets very restricted. Mm -hmm. And like, I get a lot of like throat tension. And I've been told I have a depleted throat chakra. I don't really know what that means. But like, how is that? How is that related? And like, what? How do like, <laughs> and like, how does like, fear and trauma and other things like show up through our voice and the way we're able to like speak about what we want into the world. Sorry, that is right. probably a crazy question. You've like given me like, you haven't given me one question. You've given me like five. I know, I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. They're great questions. They're all great. And I'm going to do my best 
to try to answer them. Yes, that I was literally like 20 questions in, in one. Kind of, <laughs> <I'm sorry. yeah. laughs> it's totally fine. I was just like, all right. <laughs> I mean, oh, cool. We, we, I'm just going to roll. And, and yeah, we'll roll. Happens. Okay. And if I don't successfully answer this in a way that you feel we'll satisfied circle it back. with, ask it again. Yeah, great. Because I might go on a garden route trail here over Mount blah, blah, and then we'll end up at the ocean somewhere in a boat. <laughs> so just like bring me back in case we go somewhere. <laughs> yeah, <let's do> it. <laughs> Look, I think that you mentioned, just let's just go back. Let, let's separate the voice and we'll come to the voice afterwards. Um, and, and, and at the beginning of this, just answer these fundamental questions, functional questions about fear. Let's just talk about fear. Then we're going to talk about fear related to others. And then we're going to talk about fear related to functionality of existence. I hear, I mean, earning an income. And then we'll come to the voice. I'll try to do that. <laughs> um, you know, fear is not something we need to be afraid of. Fear, like any emotion, is an action signal that's calling for our attention. So if I feel fear, to me, there's a part, that means that there's a part of me that feels insecure or is nervous about something, or maybe it's it's a calling to say, I haven't looked at something that's important. So, you know, I think fear can be very healthy. Um, I think when fear paralyzes us from taking action, then we're sabotaging ourselves. And then maybe it's not even about fear, but maybe fear just becomes an excuse to hide behind and, and to have inaction. So, you know, one thing I do is I endeavor to talk to the vulnerable parts of myself, to talk to my inner child, to just like chat with her. As I said, I have a background in trauma. So a lot of my daily work with myself involves communicating with my fragile parts and giving them a little bit of love and support. Um, and just seeing like, if there's anything that I'm missing there, is there anything that she needs? You know, maybe she just needs a big hug. Maybe she needs me to just chill out for a second and look at the sunset and stop pushing. Um, it can be that simple. So this is one thing to do with fear as I manage it in myself. And then, you know, I'm a big fan of just do it. I really do it. And even I'm often terrified. Like, I honestly, I'm afraid most of the time. So <laughs> I just do it. Like, I just have learned to act despite my fear but respect the fragile part of me that that fear is connected to. And so to take her with me in a very compassionate, loving way and still do what I want to do. And then again, look back, assess, how did that go? Yes, no. You know, what's the worst thing that happened? Well, I'll die and then it doesn't matter anyhow because I'm dead. I know that sounds bad, but that's the realistic truth of the whole thing. <laughs> so um, there's this component. And let's talk about fear from others, from society. To me, this is a boundary issue. Having come from the trauma background that I did, I didn't basically had to learn how to create my own boundaries and boundaries is still an ongoing process for me at 39 expressing my needs, especially in intimate relationship is still an ongoing process for me. Um, so I think if you feel that you are taking on fear from an external source, then you really need to learn how to send that back to them. You know, maybe it's just as simple as like imagining detaching from that and connecting to yourself and saying, this is not mine. Maybe it's verbalizing to someone and saying, this is not mine. This is not my, my stuff. This is yours. It's not my problem. Like you do you, I'm going to do me and we need to stop here. Because I think this, this is that, you know, and if one is taking in a fear from society's expectations, then again, like look at the fragile part of yourself that's playing into that thing. You know, maybe there's a part of you that tells yourself that you have to fit in or belong or toe the line or be accepted. Maybe you need to work with that part of yourself, strengthen it with your own love and support so that you're no longer susceptible to this kind of thinking, you know, and, and this can happen and, and you can do this. And I know it because I had to do it for myself. So that's responding to this <laughs> fear. Fear in terms of practical elements of life. Look, I do think it's important to think about things like money. I must say I was pretty naive when I was 20, in my 20s. I was kind of like, whatever. Um, I would recommend not doing that in retrospect. <laughs> it does put a stress on you that is kind of unnecessary. Um, in retrospect, you know, I think if you want to jump, you can jump. But do think about how you're going to financially support yourself as you do that. It might mean you know, 50-50, it might be mean working part-time in a job that maybe isn't really your thing. Um, I taught business English for a long time as I was building up my, my music career so that I would be able to support myself. Um, even though I had no desire to pursue that as a long-term career, it was just a practical thing that would give me money in a foreign country. So, you know, thinking about this and doing this. So I do think that's important because that's another way to help us control fear because then we don't feel so vulnerable and exposed because let's face it, 
being able to pay for our rent and feed ourselves are fundamentally important things that we need to learn as we become adults and learn to function in the world. Um, <laughs> so this is something I do think is helpful. Going to the voice. And now I'm going to try and recap your voice question. <laughs> yeah, so what I tell my clients and what I also um, share in my online courses is that you are your voice and your voice is you. So let's get out of this notion that your voice is just a little thing that happens in your throat and sound comes out. This is not true. Your voice is all of you. Everything you're thinking, feeling, all of your beliefs is impacting your ability to express yourself in any moment. You know, so of course, if you're freaking out or if you're in a fearful state, your body, what does your body do? It's an organism. It's like protection. It's going to roll in on itself. Body is going to hunch in. Of course, your entire breathing apparatus, which we need to use for the voice, becomes restricted. Muscles in the throat become restricted. Jaw becomes tense. The tongue clamps down. Everything is just, you know, zipping in to, to make you safe. Uh, of course. Your voice is not going to come out in this free, open, wonderfully feminine, booming voice. No, it's going to be like, ah, 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 you know, and that's really normal. <laughs> like, and I don't think this is because you have an issue with your throat chakra. I think this is just because <laughs> you're stressed and your voice is a part of who you are. And you in that moment is expressing itself stress and that's reflected in your voice. I think I answered all your questions. You did. You did answer all of my questions, which is amazing because I asked them in a crazy way. But I'm I'm so interested to dive more into this, being that this is a big part of what you do of I don't think people think about I'm I'm I certainly don't like about how our voice really is all of us. I don't think people really think about their voice a lot of the time, unless you're like in a state that Brenna's in, like you've lost your voice or you know, or something, or you're giving a speech maybe and you need to use it more than normal. But I think day to day people don't really think about how integral our voice is to who we are and what we want and how we get it. So could you dive just a little bit more into that about how it really is, you know, who we are and then how, how we can take care of it. And if you want, if you have a couple tips and tricks of how we can, you know, learn to tap into that or take better care of it, um, wherever you want to take that. Cause I'm so interested in, in that. I don't think people I know for myself have not thought about that before. Yeah. And I think, thanks so much for the questions. And I think there's like two or three questions in here. I'm going to try and unpack them. So if I forget something, no. please bring me back. Um, yeah. So I, I am like, obviously really passionate about the voice because it's been so much my journey and it's not just because I wanted to be a singer, but also because I went through a trauma background for like 18 years, mm -hmm. I really learned to suppress myself in order to survive in that situation. So that meant that I wasn't speaking my truth. That meant that I had a crazy amount of throat tension, that my jaw was constantly, you know, um, clamping down and tight, you know, all of these things that I was trying to be what I thought everybody else wanted me to be, that I was trying to say what I thought everybody else wanted me to say, because I was so completely insecure because I was terrified of being myself because that self might get killed from the background I came from. So you know, I think all of this is so real and, and what we don't learn and what we don't realize. And I think we start to become aware of it, at least in my bubble, in the kind of yoga wellness scene, it's becoming a little bit more bubbling to the surface. But, you know, things like posture and we say that sitting is the new smoking, you know, and we start to become aware of like, oh, yeah, how I work with my body kind of makes me feel like crap sometimes or nutrition. You know, if we feed ourselves McDonald's all the time kind of look in the end and feel like that greasy burger um, from our energy and from our desire, you know, now our lust for life. So there's these things. And I think we start to become aware of this concept of breath and, and how does breath uh, affect my life and sleep? You know, these are topics that I've heard in Zeitgeist in the last, I guess, two years that people are starting to become aware of. So I think we're starting to become aware, if not now, then very soon about the power of the voice. And, you know, that the voice you have, and this is really um, important, so I'm going to try and explain it clearly. The way your voice is in its current state does not necessarily mean that you are truly expressing and using 100% of your complete vocal potential. Because your voice in its current state is deeply influenced by all of the beliefs that you have accumulated through your life. 
you know, and if your beliefs like mine were, which were, you know, to sound like a little girl in order to be safe or to say what everybody else wants you to, to say, you know, or anything like this, then you're basically like you have basically learned to modify your voice in order to fit in or in order to be something else. Um, and you can unlearn this. And I think this is really important. Now to answer your question, why is it important? Because our voice is our expression of ourselves, you know, just like clothing and the way we wear clothes is an expression of ourselves. But I think the voice is so much more intimate. I think it bears our soul, it bears our thoughts, it bears our emotions, it really bears kind of like an imprint of us in this moment in time, as we are. And through that, we connect and share ourselves through that vocal energy with others and we impact them how i speak has an impact on how you feel if i you know if i start to talk like this and just kind of hold my voice like this for a while you're gonna fall asleep on me probably or just turn off the podcast because you're like damn that lady's boring you know <laughs> i mean so I, we influence each other through our voice and that's incredibly powerful. It's incredibly powerful. And there's also a responsibility that comes with that. Do I wanna make someone feel like shit? Yes, no, if yes, then I can use my voice in a certain way. Now, I don't encourage this, but this is just an example. You know, am I going to a job interview? Yes, no, how do I wanna come across in that interview? Am I giving a presentation? How do I wanna sound? How do I wanna inspire my audience? Am I teaching a group of people, which is something that I often do? You know, how am I gonna walk into that space and like pick them up where they're at when they've just like woken up and everyone's got their one liter of coffee, hoping to like kickstart them into the day? All of these things, you know, your voice, it's like, I often think about it as a painter, the paintbrush and all these colors. Your voice is the way you paint the world. It's the way you paint your expression into the world, you know, and this is incredible to me. And it's so empowering because you have the power in every moment to influence your environment through your voice. You just have to be aware of it. And that's something you need to learn because often we have no idea just like what you said about this and next to that we don't even know how the, the mechanics of the voice work and how we can use that in a really healthy way and then you know kind of consciously create an impact and influence our environment through the voice uh, through that so coming to the mechanics of your voice <laughs> i'm segueing now to, to some tips I often talk, and I've kind of been hinting at this now through through what I've shared in the voice in the last, I guess, uh, 40 minutes. I often talk, and as I teach and in the courses I give, that, you know, your voice is made up of these two big meta-level parts. And one of them is the mechanics. And this for me is, how does the instrument work? Like, what are the pieces that I need to be aware of in order to use my voice as I speak, or if I want to, as I sing? in a really healthy, clear, optimal way that's sustainable. And the other 50% is kind of what I've been talking about so far, which is how do my beliefs, emotions, and, and you know, thoughts impact my voice in any moment? And how can I use this in an empowered, conscious way, as opposed to in a disempowered, unconscious way? So let's ram over to the mechanics for a second and um maybe i'm going to give you like the listeners maybe two or three little mechanical exercises that you can use yeah okay i'm getting some heads up here cool yeah, yeah it's amazing <laughs> this is all incredible yeah awesome <laughs> um cool so you know just like wherever you are listening to this in this moment, you know, if you if you can, if you have the opportunity. So I guess as long as you're not driving a moving vehicle, um, <laughs> just like tune into your body and, and become aware of how your body feels in this moment. So your voice is made, as I said before, mechanically through your body. And the four main pieces that are creating your voice are your posture, your breath, um, your vocal cords, and what I call resonance. And I'll come to each of these really briefly and then give a little exercise for maybe two or three of them. So in terms of posture, you really just wanna make sure that, you know, if you practice yoga, that you're in a meditation position or in mountain pose, 
Tadasana. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, that's fine. I'm going <laughs> to explain it to you. <laughs> so make sure that you feel really grounded, you know, by that, like you can feel your feet on the earth, that you can feel your seat connected if you're sitting to the stool or perhaps the earth beneath you. You want to check that your pelvis is not jutting forward or backwards, but that it's neutral. You want to make sure that one hip is not up or lower than the other. So everything is just kind of neutral. I want to check that your heart extending up is pretty much aligned over your pelvis and that your jaw is not like 10 meters forward of your head. So this is something I often see with a lot of people. Um, I think it's because what you said before, Brenda, that we're running through our day with all these expectations, all of these to-dos. I honestly think that a whole bunch of us are just heads with bodies trying to catch up. Um, and I know that for myself. So check that your head is really not jutting forward. And if you're sitting in front of your computer all day, probably it is a little bit. I'm getting nods. <laughs> These two mirrored nods, yes. Yes, we just agree with everything. We can't, we do not want to interrupt all of this incredible information. Just like, yes, yes, keep going. <laughs> It was just for everyone who's listening, like it's really sweet because I look at the girls and then I just see them nodding at the same time. Vigorous nodding. Vigorous nodding over here. That's lovely. Yeah. So, you know, bring your head back into alignment over your neck in a really healthy way that feels good. Basically, you could consciously just pull your jaw back. So the jaw is kind of over your heart. It should just feel natural and good. Let your shoulders roll back and down and just kind of. If you want to imagine that you're like a puppet with a string going through from your bottom all the way up through your spine to the crown of the head and just bloop, pulling you up at the top, you're looking for a posture that is open, that feels stable, and that feels light. Something I always say, and I'm in the middle of making bags of tote bags for this, because I honestly, make ease your bitch. Eat. Oh, I love it. It's your bitch. <laughs> yes. Because it's really like follow the way of ease. I think we're so, we are so, as I said before, obsessed. And it's not our fault, but we're so full of, of being busy and doing and acting and achieving and running after success and the next and the next. I get exhausted just listing all of that stuff. And it comes onto our voice in the form of tension. It comes onto our voice in the form of physical emotional and mental tension and then of course we can't express ourselves when we want to or the voice doesn't sound the way we want it to sound because how can it in such a situation so when we look at posture and also in the later exercises i'll share follow the way of ease and if you feel like ah oh, this feels hard or this feels like work then something is not in alignment and honestly this is something you can take off of the voice and use in your life too mm -hmm. um but but this is kind of the guide. Make ease your guide. Use ease as the way to follow. All right, that's posture. We're going to move up to breath. So we're building the voice from the foundation up. Okay, breath. Your vocal cords, they work through air pressure. Um, so we need to make sure that we have a breath that is comfortable, that is effortless, but that is also deep enough to give us the air pressure that we need for the vocal cords to optim optimally work. You're gonna feel, and maybe Brenda, this is something for you. You're gonna feel if it's not working because you might have vocal instability or it might be crackling, or you might start losing your voice, or you might feel, if you're talking a lot, and now if we have listeners who are also podcasters out there or presenters, or if you talk a lot for your work or your studies, for example, you might get breathless. You might feel like I can't breathe. And that might lead to panic attacks when you're having to present or talk a lot. You need to breathe deeper, but that deep breath needs to be effortless. So again, there's like a depth that needs to be light and effortless. All right, so if you're listening and it is, you can do this with me if you like, please place your right hand uh, below your belly button over your low abdomen. Okay, so we're below the belly button over the abdomen. This point is what I call your wee-wee point. That's because when you go to the toilet and, well, urinate, this is actually the point where the muscles press against your bladder and the urine comes out. So I think this is a great way of making a connection to the point. What I want you to do is 
just try to breathe effortless, effortlessly in. So take a breath in. And as you do, like, just imagine that your breath is like energy that's flowing down through you and it's kind of filling up into your pelvic area. And as it fills up into the pelvic area, imagine pushing that point underneath your hand away from your body. And as you breathe out, draw that point actively back in towards your body. So you breathe in, you imagine that your breath is like energy filling you, just like a waterfall would fill into a creek kind of thing. And push that point away from your body. And you breathe out, you draw that point back into the body. Keep breathing in like this. And when you breathe out on the next breath out, make a sound of a snake. It's going to sound like So it's like an S that you hold as you breathe out and draw that point back in towards your body. And just continue doing this for a few more rounds of breath. And as you do, invite this idea of effortlessness. Invite this idea of ease. Maybe you want to imagine like the breath, the in and the out breath, like waves of the ocean, feeling you, feeling you in a deep way, breathing out with Now, this is an exercise that you could do five or six times. So, I mean, this is just like five or six breaths that we're talking about. That is less than one minute. If you would do this every day for over two weeks, I promise you, you'll notice a difference. You'll notice a difference in how your voice feels in, in the stability and in the depth, and you'll notice a, a difference in the level of ease you feel. I recommend doing an exercise like this in the morning. I'm a big morning person because I think the morning sets you up for the day. Um, so, and I mean, less than a minute, it's not a lot of time, you know? We can all find the time. Yeah, definitely. We yeah, are morning people. <laughs> we are just gonna say the same thing. We definitely feel, you know, just like it, it really does set the tone for the day. And I feel like it's something that, you know, at least I personally, I used to like wake up and, you know, roll out of bed and be running late and it would just drive me it would, it would cause a lot of stress. You know, it would, I just feel like it would set up the day feeling like a little bit chaotic. So to do something like this or something like meditation or just something that kind of starts the day off on a calming foot, um, I think would make all the difference. So thank you for sharing that. Genuinely, I feel like people who listen to this show will not only be like, oh, what is this going to be about? But I feel like you gave not only aspects of which you know owning your voice owning your power but like owning your actual voice um beyond your truth and all that um and really how to how to take care of it and little exercises that people can use for that I love when our guests give like such specific tangible tips because I think that it's so different to just think about it or hear about it in a different way but actually know how to put it into practice makes all the difference and I'm certain that you have so much more to share but I know you have voice training programs specifically. So would you mind telling us a little bit about that to respect your time since you've got a lot of traveling to do? <laughs> <laughs> of course. I want to give you like one more exercise though because yes, there's one more exercise yes, that I have yes, to do. Yes, Because right. otherwise I'm going to feel like I have good. <laughs> I know. <laughs> otherwise I'm going to feel like I haven't, I haven't done my job properly. No, please. Okay. So just to like back onto this, and then I'm going to come. Thank you so much, Brenda, for asking about my programs. And of course, I'm going to share them at the end. Yes. Um, so let's imagine just coming back to that breathing exercise. So the point that I asked you to put your hands on, let's imagine that this is like the south pole of your breath. It's like your anchor. Okay. And we want, of course, every south pole has a north pole. So now I want you to take your awareness up to the crown of your head. And if you like, place your hand on top of the crown of your head. And now imagine that this point is the North Pole of your, of your voice. And what we want to do here is make a sound. And as we make the sound, I'm going to explain it first, and then we're going to do it together. As we make the sound, we're looking to feel vibrations through the hand. We're looking to feel the vibrations coming from the vocal cords, echoing through the spaces in the head into the crown of the head. So when we do this, just a few tips. Make sure your jaw is relaxed. So really try to release the jaw, let it relax. Make sure the tongue is lying on the floor of the mouth, equally relaxed. A lot of us carry a lot of tension in these spaces, so just try and chill them out. We're gonna breathe in just like we did before. And in this time, we're gonna hold an M for mother as we breathe out with any tone you feel good with. So I'm gonna breathe in and I'm gonna breathe out holding the M. And I'm gonna do this two times more. Breathing in gently, breathing out. 
Imagine that there is no tension. Breathing in, breathing out. And when you've done it three, and if you're listening, you can do this like four or five, even six times if you like. When you've done it, then you can just relax. Now, the goal here is really to make sure that there is ease in the jaw, in the neck, and the tongue, because the vocal cords are here. So if we have tension here, we're basically squeezing pressure on our vocal cords. Um, so anything we do there, it, we need to, I often say, imagine that everything above your like chest, the clavicle is like lying on the beach in Bali under the sun with a mojito, like just really chill. <laughs> Were you ladies able to feel any vibrations through your hand? Yeah, a lot. Yeah. And I feel so, so much more relaxed than I did yeah. earlier. Yeah. So this is like for, for you both, everyone who's listening, this is honestly less than two minutes of a morning exercise you could do for your voice. First, you check your posture, make sure everything is in alignment. We don't want to practice anything with bad posture because then we ingrain bad habits into our body. Then you do the breathing exercise five times. And then if you can, the second exercise with mm, three to five times. This is going to be less than two minutes. As I said, yeah. in the morning, do it for at least 14 days and then see what happens. Oh, I love it. Such a pre so simple, easy. You can do it by yourself for free in your house, like a practical way to like really start to take care of this very integral part of us that I think that we all just kind of expect to do its job we just expect to open our mouths and speak and for it to communicate what we want to communicate but until coming upon your work I didn't really realize and I'm sure a lot of people can agree how much we really need to take care of this part of ourselves in all in, in order to you know to use it to our ability to communicate what we want to the world to what we want from people to what we want from ourselves and to just do a little thing that takes two minutes in the morning to, to make sure that it's healthy and taken care of is, I, I'm so glad that you gave us such a practical, practical way to do that. Thank you so much. I'm so, I love it. I'm so grateful for it. You're so welcome. I'm a massive fan of less is more and like super practical tips. Yeah. I'm not into like abstract concepts that have no grounding in reality. Mm -hmm. I'm really into practical. And I've, I, in my experience, I found that it's the simple things when we do them consistently, these are the things that work. It's not yeah. these abstract concepts of over analysis, analysis, losing ourselves in our prefrontal cortex. And ooh, it's really just like super practical things. Yeah, so you're welcome. You're super welcome. And um, Brenda, yes, to your question. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I have a bunch of online programs. And of course, I also have music if you're interested. Um, I'll just kind of summarize them. Um, pretty much I offer one-to-one -one, uh, voice coaching over Zoom. I have been doing that since 2019. So I was one of those people who was kind of already online before the pandemic. Before the trend. <laughs> Yeah, before the trend. It's only because, as I said, I love traveling. So I love um, being able to work with clients from around the world. So if you are someone who wants to, you know, develop your voice, perhaps have your podcast and you want to, you know, have a certain color or express yourself in a certain way or for your work or for your school or just because you would like to explore this idea even more and have a stronger relationship to yourself through using your voice as that tool um, for, for personal transformation. I have, as I said, private online coaching for this. I, of course, also coach uh, people for singing, if that's something they're interested in. Uh, <laughs> yes. And um, I have online courses. So there are currently two main ones. Uh, one is a self-expression course. It's called Express Yourself. Um, I offer it once a year. Um, I've actually just finished this year's intakes. I'm going to be offering it again probably in the summer of next year. But you can already register for that one if you're interested. You do get live sessions with me as well as video courses, workbooks, and a lot of material. Um, and then I offer twice a year a online mantra course. Um, and this is for anyone who is kind of interested in the mantra direction. Uh, the next one's coming up in November. So I'm just starting to open that soon and taking people in for that and yeah there's also a self-love course that's a video course that's online if you're interested in just having a bit more of a loving relationship with yourself and learning some 
practical tools that will support you in that space. But you can find everything um, on my website. And of course, um, my music, you can find everywhere where there's music and streaming, just at my name in, Kirbanu. And on Instagram, I'm pretty active on Instagram. So if you want to follow my Greek island trip, um, you can jump onto my Instagram channel and check out my stories. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Kirbanu, we can't thank you enough for all that you've shared. Her website is seriously incredible. If you guys go over and check it out, like the amount of courses and offerings there is incredible. And we didn't even get to touch into some of the things that I'd hope we get to about mantras and self-expression because there obviously there's so much to offer here. So we've only scratched the surface, um, but we can't thank you enough for everything that you gave us in this hour. And we just have one little last question to ask you before we let you go, to which we ask all our guests, if you could tell your 20s year old self one thing, what would you tell her? Mm, I have to go with the first thing that comes to me and it's honestly it's what I did and it's follow your heart just follow your heart man yeah that's so beautiful it's it's something that I think so often we let so much exterior noise get in the way of what we actually want and in following our hearts so I'm certain people in their 20s and beyond are going to need to hear exactly that so everyone, make sure to follow her. Make sure to check everything in the show notes. We're going to be linking. She sent over a whole bunch of stuff for us to link in the show notes. So we'll be sure to do that. And thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing all of your wisdom with us, all these beautiful tips and tools, and really your energy. Everything you said was so powerful, beautifully put, and I think is going to impact all of our listeners. Absolutely. You're so welcome. Thank you both so much for, for having me. And thank you to everybody who's listening. I send you all a big hug. Yes, check her out on Instagram. <laughs> Go check out her website, all her amazing courses. Come on and thank you so, so much for being here. This was really, really exciting. Thank you again. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to Roaring 20s Podcast. Be sure to rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and please subscribe. You're never alone. Our pride sticks together. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Roaring 20s Podcast. You get to start your week with us and end your week with us. With love, Brenda and Julia. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.